Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Cow Corner podcast. Um, it's over and we're here to review it all. The IPL's done. It's our fourth and final IPL podcast. Very excited um, to review it with you guys. Um, as always, I'm joined by Zach. How was your week? Yeah, it was good. Really enjoyed watching the final few games. feel like I'm I'm kind of glad it was over, but I'm, I'm glad it happened. But I am missing it now a little bit. My day feels like there's a gap in the middle of it. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Um, it's been an epic tournament. I think I'm with you on that. It was getting somewhat exhausting, but also, yeah, that t- 2 p.m. slot on the afternoon is now just dead. It's a shame. Um, and again, Will, uh, for our fourth podcast in a row, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm also in IPL withdrawal mode, um, but luckily we don't have too long to wait before more cricket. Let's start with Pakistan. Um Babar Azam is their new test captain. Uh, Azhar Ali dropping that title in the team still. And I think we discussed um, a good length uh, in our Pakistan series review how he struggled a little bit. So it'd be interesting to see how Babar gets on. News from India as well. Um, their tour of Australia is coming up very soon on the 27th of November, a packed tour. A few interesting squad announcements. And obviously we've followed the IPL very closely for the past, past four podcasts. Uh, Virat Kohli will be missing out on paternity leave for the three final tests, giving Ajinka Rahani the captaincy for those. That has been confirmed. Robert Sharma has also been called up into the squad. Nothing to do with his IPL performance, which we'll come on to. Will, what do you reckon to that? You know, obviously nice for Cody Pell to leave and get paternity leave. Uh, how is it going to affect India, do you think? And other sort of uh, tidbits from that talk coming up? Yeah, it obviously leaves a, a gaping hole in the Indian side, um, which is interesting because... Unlike England, other than T20, India haven't played any cricket for a really long period of time because of obviously the pandemic. Um, so no one's really in any form going into it. No one's particularly been able to make a claim for themselves at the top of the order. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see. They've obviously gone with Rahane to replace him, who's had a hit and miss couple of years, really, and obviously a really poor IPL. Um, so India have, have, have struggled away from home of late. And I'm not. I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the top order options to come in and replace Kohli now. And I'll be honest with you, it's not looking great. <laughs> You've got Rahane as an option. Pretty sure who obviously has had a horrible IPL um, is another option. And then you're really relying on people like KL Rahul, who hasn't played that brilliantly in recent tests. Chiteshwa Pujara, who's hit and miss. So it starts to look pretty like that India team without Kohli. So I, I'd say I am worried as an India fan, but also intrigued to see uh, the different different top orders they go with. Fascinating to see who can make that claim for that position. Three tests to really make an impression, not to push Kohli out the side by any means, but to really make a claim for that India top order position. As you mentioned, and the T20 and ODI series to come with some of our favourites from the IPL in there, Washington Sundar included, who I did tweet this week, um, my obsession 
uh, is, is just mounting up slightly now. No response as of yet um, from Washington Sundar, who I'm sure is listening. I think you've got him his international call up all by yourself. I think so too, Will. Thank you. Um, and, you know, any, you know, some response from him would be welcome for that. It, I've done very little um, to get in there, but, you know, something on the left. More news um, coming out this week. England's big bash players have been announced. A couple more signings since we were last on air. Tom Banton, Lewis Gregory, Dawid Milan, Alex Hales, Sam Billings, James Vince, Tom Curran, Jason Roy, Liam Livingston, Johnny Bairstow, who will make his debut, and Phil Salt, who uh, Zach is now just showing me on the BBL Instagram, who was signed for Adelaide Strikers with his good pal Jason Gillespie. Bit of a Sussex uh, love in there. Like I said, that starts on the 10th of December. Very exciting. Uh, more England players than we're in the IPL. So it'd be great to follow them like we have this IPL. <sighs> Speaking of England players, or maybe England players coming back, Kevin Peterson dropped a little video on his socials of him in the nets. A couple of nice looking shots. A couple of quote tweets. Is this a return for KP? Is he lining himself up to come back for the big bash for the IPL? For the 100? Zach, what, what do you think from this video? It, was, it caused some shockwaves through the cricketing world. I mean, I, you mentioned a couple of nice shots. My favourite part was, was he bowled in another video. There's another video of him bowling. And it, I, I can't remember what the quote was. It was almost like, if you're making a comeback, you've got, you've got to do it all. You know, so I'd love to see him turning his arm over in the 100. It would make the 100 watchable. But surely, surely it's going to be for the big bash. He doesn't, he doesn't come over to cold England very much anymore. He just comes over to sit in a nice commentary box. He'll go to Australia for the summer, maybe turn his arm over maybe try and hit some bowlers out the park i really i really want it to happen but i also it would be really funny if he's really bad i think that's why i want it to happen because that feels like the most the livelihood and as some of the the nonsense has been spouting in the commentary box that's just my opinion on that it would be great to see him just you know average 10 or something like that or, or get tonked around so potentially that is just rumor at the minute but why else would you put that video online? That's a very KP thing to do. Uh, moving on, Rashid Khan has signed for Sussex again in Vitality Blast. That's more of a personal highlight from this week for me. Um, that's pretty huge. He seems really settled on the South Coast. Um, he's made a lot of friends uh, around Sussex. Not myself included, unfortunately. We never got to meet. Um, me and Washington are closer there. Uh, so that's good news for Sussex. They announced their new head coaches last week as well. A dual head coach system going on there after the loss of Jason Gillespie, who's left the club. So we'll see how that goes on. Um, finally, at the women's IPL, of course we have to mention this. It was going on sort of in those gaps in the qualifying stages for the men's game. Uh, the Trailblazers won. Um, each team won and lost one game, which is pretty crazy. And the, and the final was fairly close. Sophie Eccleston um, from England on that winning side. Um, and a big shout out to Thailand's Natakam Chantam. And excuse me for reading that name out so um, verbosely there. An amazing stop on the on the boundary, um, which kind of went viral, um, sort of airing Nicholas Puran's in the men's tournament. Um, her body just morphed into a very strange position that, that stopped the ball. Um, and it was a highlight from this year's women's IPL. Hopefully they get given a few more games coming up soon. I, I don't know why there were so few, but we'll see. Um, and that clears up all this week's housekeeping. Plenty of news being dropped there. Let's move on to the big event, the IPL. It's all done. And the Mumbai Indians have won it. Spoiler alert. Maybe I should have said that before. But if you haven't got there by now, it's too late. I can't help you with that. Um, we alluded very briefly to um, the first qualifier in our last pod, uh, Delhi versus Mumbai. We'll go through that and we'll go through the other three games too. Well, let's start with that, that Delhi-Mumbai game. Um, the opening qualifier ended up being a replay of the final. I'm surprised Delhi made it to the final after this performance. Uh, Mumbai Indian posted 205 and the Delhi Capitals only got to 143 for eight in their chase. Um, I feel like, lads, this this knock from Ishan Kishan in this game and, um, you know, obviously Hardik Pandya's knock at the end as well pushed him into our teams of the year. But it was a stunning batting performance and then um, Delhi got absolutely nowhere near. Stunning start from Trent Bolt and Jasper Bumrah, who himself finished with four for 14, just stopped the innings in their tracks. Three ducks at the top of the order for sure. Darwin and Rahane was the end. And that put Mumbai really on, on, on a roll. Um, I'll come to you on this first, Zach. What do you reckon from this game in particular? And I know with hindsight, we know this is a total replay of the final. Did it cement for you Mumbai's dominance? 
And are you surprised that Delhi managed to beat Sunrisers in the other game and, and make it to the final? Well, I think I think this game did. It, it kind of proved what, what we'd been saying about Mumbai this whole time for the whole tournament. And this game epitomised it. It had Rohit Sharma not doing very well. We'll come on to how well he did in the final, but he's not been great this tournament. But then they had Quinton Tok going at it from the start. They had Yadav and Kishan both firing in the middle order, being such an important engine room to their innings. And then, like we've said before, you only need one out of Pollard, Krunal and Hardik to fire to fire you up to a good score. They've got the highest. They had the highest strike rate across the last five overs, and and that is really important in this format of the game. And like Hardik getting 37 off of 14 with five sixes. He didn't hit one four. And I think yeah. he's actually. I think he's one of the only people to have hit more sixes than fours in his career, which I think is a great stat. That's very him, isn't it? That stat. I like that a lot. And again, to your point, uh, Kieran Pollard got a two ball duck. Krunal Pandya, 13 off 10. That's fine they didn't hit because of Vishan Kishan and Hardik. Um, my main issue from this Delhi Capital side in this game was open the bowling with Daniel Sams. And it, it was it was highlighted how bad a decision it was or how the quality between Trent Bolt and Daniel Sams, both left-arm seamers, looking for that swing early on. 15 in the first over, Daniel Sams went for, and Trent Bolt took two wickets. I mean, couldn't have been more um, polarising there. It didn't start Delhi's sort of bowling attempts particularly well. And I want to come to you, Will, on this one, is Rabada and Norkia, as good as they've been across this tournament, I feel like they weren't quite there in the playoff stages. Um, Their economy and their lack of wickets was sort of the bedrock of this Delhi side and it disappeared a little bit. It did, and we, we've spoken a lot about how good Mumbai's strength in, in depth batting has been throughout the tournament, but their bowling was really the decisive feature in that game, as you've said. I mean, Bumrah was unplayable at times, took four wickets in his overs. Um, and although I think Rabada did end up finishing with the, the purple cap, which is a, a, a weird innovation that I'm determined to pretend doesn't exist. But um, <laughs> he did finish top wicket taker, but, but as you say... There was a gulf of class overall between the bowling attacks, um, really encapsulated by by Delhi's inability to just settle on a lineup. Um, they kept messing around with who their international allocations were going to be. We had at times in the IPL Stoinis bowling the final over. Then for this match, we had him not really being used as a bowler at all and just being in as a batsman. As you said, Sam's came in, which was a weird time for him to come in. And it, I find it difficult to particularly criticise his performance, although he didn't bowl that well purely because how how is your first game in a season in a knockout you know well not quite knockout as it turned out but in a in a playoff game is is a difficult circumstances for him so I think it was a product partly of just organizational indecision and obviously in the end coming up against a superior attack definitely I'm with you on that and I think Rabada's he got none for 42 in this match in particular Nokia one for 50 um pretty brutal Nokia bowled 10 dot balls and still went for 50. That's quite impressive, isn't it? I'm just looking at this now. That's that's kind of shocking. Um, again, in their run chase, three ducks at the top of the order was horrible. Marcus Stoinis held that innings together with 65 or 46. He interestingly crept into a few people's teams of the year. Interesting. Not quite sure on that. We'll come to that at the end because there's a few we can talk about. Um, and yeah, I think Mumbai just absolutely dominate this game from overall number one. And yeah, Daniel Sams' um, inclusion was strange. Um, Zach, anything more on this? Uh, we we kind of get a replay of it. We'll chat about them all again in a second in the final. But was this just Mumbai cementing their place? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting you talk about Rabada because it's almost as if Mumbai have worked him out, and especially Quinton de Kock, his his national team captain, has worked him out because he got like you said, not forty two. And then went and took Forfa in the game we're going to talk about in a minute yeah. against Sunrisers, and then again in the final went one for 32, which when they're not when you're not defending much isn't very good, and especially from your top strike bowler you you expect better than that, and especially from someone who, like you say, got the purple cap, the, the fascinating purple cap and the orange cap. What's the deal there? Do we reckon? Um, I like how they wear them when they're you know holding that title however sometimes it clashes disgustingly with the kits and I think the orange cap on a Rajasthan kit in particular kind of hurts the eye a little bit Will you were kind of a bit angry about this purple cap situation I mean it's just so needless isn't it and then such a like they do this in the IPL they import weird sort of needless needless American innovations in sport like having cheerleaders on the side of a cricket pitch and 
all sorts of like super striker league table fantasy points like just it's nonsense but there we are <laughs> we'll come to and the, the double oh and, and the, the, the oh we love we love that. the ultras that's the one import i enjoy very much import from american culture and then i'd like to import the ultras myself however much that might cost it's the gold uh, standard it is the gold standard i get it in gold as well just to kind of hammer that home um also Mumbai did the double they won the fair play award as well another sort of weird um IPLism that no one understands and one other thing is Zach I was really shocked not to see was the either the cred power fan or whatever you know when someone will come and get their credit card bill paid off or the fan that was at home and you'd have a little dance maybe sort of in the 13th or 14th over I thought you guys going to see you on there mate yeah, I, I really tried, but it turns out the cred app isn't available in the UK. So uh, I couldn't be the cred power player because obviously, as you well know, not only do the do the players get rewarded for having less than only two players out of the ring, anyone can get rewarded as well because you just pay off your credit card bill in the power play. Oh, gosh, what an innovation. And that would be satisfying, actually. Imagine what you're just enjoying the IPL. Bang, your credit card bill's gone. Fair enough on that one. OK, let, let's move on swiftly. Um, the Eliminator, as it's called, um, which was Sunrisers versus RCB, um, a nail biter. I really enjoyed this game. Uh, Sunrisers, 132 for four. Uh, well, they chased it down. They chased down Royal Challenges, 131 for seven, which was there or thereabouts. Obviously, it was under par. Sunrisers had two balls remaining. Jason Holder hitting the winning runs. Uh, let's talk about RCB's innings setting them a total gosh it just never got going um Aaron Finch was back in uh, down at number three um and he was in pretty early because Cody lost his wicket pretty early what do we reckon to his recall and his 32 off 30 which is so Aaron Finch it's it's kind of painful he looked so out of form it was it was so Aaron Finch and it was so painful like Afterwards, afterwards, I, lo- I was looking back at the scorecard for this game, and I thought that Paddy Cal had actually scored more runs than Aaron Finch did. I forgot that Aaron Finch actually did score some runs, and, and Paddy Cal got one run because it felt it felt more comfortable watching Paddy Cal. I suppose he wasn't in for as long, but that Aaron Finch innings, he just he looked like he was going to get out, or he looked like he was going to get out every single ball. And I'm really excited to see him face the same bowlers he's been struggling against in the Australia-India series to see how he's doing. Maybe some different conditions might suit his game a bit better. We'll see. I mean, poor guy. He looks so awkward at the crease, didn't he? He was sort of ducking and diving and twitching. He, he couldn't quite find the position he wanted to be in. Um, and Will, you mentioned this in the, lab po- in the last podcast, and I really like this point, that they kind of bring in the big player you know, you were commending them for dropping him initially because that's quite a big move for uh, a well-paid overseas player. And they bring him back in for such an important game and he just he just looked awful. And he kind of set the tone for what was a really lacklustre innings. He did, and it was probably inevitable because he, when you go into the most important game of the season, it's very difficult not to pick your, your best players and your big names. Um, having said that, it, it, it's a really weird RCB lineup. From top to bottom, really. Virat Kohli, yeah. for some reason, decided to open, despite bringing <laughs> back his opener into the side in Aaron Finch. He then fell apart, which I'm sure lots of people found very entertaining because they always it, it is quite funny to see Kohli struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, which sort of leaves AB to then play with the tail and look fairly excruciated by it. They thrown four four spinners with the bowling, which was kind of felt clever on paper because we have seen the pitches slowing up, but didn't really do anything. One of which was Moeen Ali, who I. I'm going to leave to you to talk about because I know we'll, we'll want a whole segment on it. Um, I mean, what the, the, the batsman that is Washington Sunder, we must mention his five off six balls <laughs> just, just to, just to destroy Dan's dreams of, of calling him a batsman. Um, so, you know, it, it was, it was lackluster is the right word for it. It, it was a poor performance all round. Um, but it's always, it's always strange when teams seem to shoot themselves in the foot by making these kind of really weird selection decisions that just kind of, you know, if, if you put your best lineup out and your settled lineup and it doesn't go to plan, that's kind of, that's one thing and that's that's fair enough. But when you, you try and make these two clever by half decisions and they don't pay off, you, you've only got yourself to blame, really. Yeah. Sorry, Zach, go on, man. 
Yeah, I actually, when I saw this team came out, I really wanted them to win. I really don't like RCB, but because they'd played four spinners, I was like, yeah, they've, they've seen something here. This is going to be hilarious. Because we'd said before that there might be space in this lineup for one of Zampa and Moeen. I don't think any of us were expecting them to play both of them. Zampa did look really good um, in the end. His one for 12 off his four overs was was dragging them back into the game slowly. But I think everyone kind of knew with, with Kane Williamson in there that... Uh, Sunrise was going to get over the line. Let's talk about that Moeen Ali incident, one of their four spinners, who did get an over or two, I think. Let's just talk about this run out because it, it was beggar's belief. I don't think I've ever seen that watching cricket, and I've watched a lot of cricket. Um, I I'm speechless. I'm going to come to you, Zach, on this. Just for listeners' sake, if you didn't see it, Moeen's come in, free hit, his first delivery of the game nails it to cover-ish and just runs. He just runs anyway. It's gone straight to Rashid Khan who hit the stumps directly. Moeen wasn't in the picture to be in and he got out on a free hit. I've never seen that before. Zach, what were your thoughts firstly on that? I mean, it was just hilarious, wasn't it? It was like, Moeen, he's got his chance. He's got his chance in the IPL. It's a it's a knockout game. He's got a lot of experience. They've brought him in for that. He's, he's come in, he's got a chance to not get out first ball. He's got a chance to whack his first ball out of the park. He can't get out, or he can't get out in a conventional way. He can get out, run out, though, and it was like he just nailed it. And he, he hit it hard, he hit it well. The timing was really there. He absolutely nailed it straight to cover, extra cover. Rashid Khan, who was a really good fielder, and just I think it was because it was a free hit. It was like, well, if it's a free hit, it can't be a dot ball. We have to run. So he was like, I've hit it. I've hit it really well. I better just run. And he, like you said, he was just nowhere near. It was, it was like quick cricket. You played that in PE as a kid. Hit and run. You have to go. And I think he felt, like you said, obliged to run because A, he hit it so well and B, it was a free hit. I feel like on free hits, when someone misses it and it goes to the keeper, you're like, oh, OK, well bowled. Fair enough. And it was, you, you see a free hit, you go, he can't get out here. And everyone knows in the back of your mind, obviously, you can get run out. But that's the parentheses that no one thinks about in the corner. And then it happened. And the, and the commentators on, on the English side were absolutely aghast from it, really. And I think we all were. And then RCB's innings, bar AB de Villiers, just couldn't get going again from there. And this was only chance. It was surprising he was brought in. And they played Rashid Khan fairly well. If you come into his bowling, none for 22. It is about par, really, for how he's been played across um, the IPL. Jason Holder with a fantastic three for 25. Zach, your man, you called him. Um, and Sunrise has had a great run since he came in. Effectively finished third. We'll, we'll come on to their next game shortly. And 131 wasn't enough. And Kane Williamson, um, your teacher at a rave, as he was described in our tweet of the week a few podcasts ago, was sort of the linchpin of this innings. And we'll come on to the next game. He was the last man for any sort of hope. Um in the in the next game, 50 off 44, him and Jason Holder got them over the line. I want to come on to Kane Williamson as a franchise T20 player. I'm still not in on it yet. I know he's like proved me wrong a number of times, but Will, would you pay a lot of money for this guy as your number three or number four? I don't know that he'd be in, in the first choice couple that you'd go for, but he's always... A useful man to do a job and we've and this performance probably proved that i mean him and holder at the crease was a brilliant combination to have two international captains out there chasing an obviously high score you, you always felt comfortable and that's the nice thing that he gives you in t20 he doesn't have the same chaos that some batsmen bring he it's just a calm presence at the crease and i think that is very useful to have he and as well he can get pushed up and down the order so an early wicket goes he comes in if they need to get a low total he comes in and if not they're going big. You just, just don't bat him at all. Bring the other guys in. Great point on Holder and Williamson at the crease, two captains who were very calm as that inning got a bit squeaky and the run rate got toward eight when it was around six at one point. And yeah, I think Sunrisers did the job there on a RCB team that were coming into the playoffs in really bad form. And also, as you said, again, with a very confusing kind of irrational lineup for this game that, that couldn't get over the line. Let's move on now to the, the next. Well, it's not eliminated now. It's qualifier two, of course. Again, featuring Sunrisers with their win over RCB against the losing team, Delhi Capitals. But Delhi Capitals won. To my surprise, especially, I think the form they were in versus Sunrisers. I thought that was the total opposite. Um, and it, it, it never got going again, this chase. 
the, the interesting part for me, I'll come to you on this, on uh, Zach, if you want to say anything about Marcus Stoinis, who they opened with in this game. Didn't work so well in the final, but I thought this was actually quite a good decision here. Runs on the board sort of sort of thing. Yeah, well, it was interesting because we'd spoken about Pritvi Shaw's terrible, terrible form and they, they finally dropped him. They finally said, they finally gave up with Pritvi Shaw. And although he's a great talent and a great prospect, he was having a torrid time of it. So I really like, I like Stoinis opening because we saw him in the middle order for Australia against England and he, he looked a bit out of place because he does, he's got, I think, like the second, second or third highest T20 score ever opening the batting for Melbourne Stars. He hit about 146 last year. So like it shows that he's an op- he, he should open in this format and he sometimes does take a bit of time to get going. And it, I think it is, I think there's a lot of people who like to open in T20 cricket though, just because of the fact that there's obviously you only have two fielders outside the ring. But yeah, I think for this, for it worked. It clearly worked because they had, Delhi had their best opening partnership of the tournament. Before that, they had the worst, they had the worst average of opening of an opening pair. Which is interesting considering they finished second. Shimon Hetmeyer came as this team, dropped for Daniel Sams, which, as I mentioned earlier, was, was had to be a good move, really. And it paid off, definitely. 42 off 22. And uh, they brought in the young leg spinner, um, Pravin Dubé, who uh, he only bowled two overs in this game, but none for 14, pretty useful. I uh, thought he looked all right as well in the the final, which we'll come on to. What, what did you reckon to him, Will? Young leg spinner, Big occasion coming in front of the big player. He looked all right for me. Yeah, he he bowled pretty well. He's another in the Washington Sunder school of batting a bit too high often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, yeah, he, he did bowl pretty well um, and kind of complimented that we, we've spoken before about their, their bowling being possibly one bowler light in places. Um, so that was a, obviously good to bring in and, and Hetmeyer as well, justifying his selection. Um Having said that, it was a really frustrating game, again, from Sunrise as being a team that just can't seem to get their selection consistent. Um, because basically they've got five international players that they really want to squeeze into the team and they can't do it. Um, and they changed their, their opening pair around again for this game because I, I think they started Goswami in the first game and he obviously got out for either naught or a small handful. Mm-hmm. Started Garg for the second, who was not a huge amount better. Um, and although... I mean, I've I've justified having Kane Williamson in repeatedly on this podcast. It's clearly the case, and this is this is why I I perhaps foolishly picked Sunrisers to to have an outside chance to win it. Their best strength was always the opening partnership of Warner and Bairstow, and I think although you can see why they've struggled to get Bairstow back in the team, given you've got Rashid Khan and Jason Holder and David Warner and Kane Williamson, they never quite settled on an opening partnership uh, since Vridham and Saha got injured. Um, so that that really let them down, and I do wonder whether they'll be thinking that they they made the wrong call there, leaving Johnny out. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because they just they seem because well, like we said about Kane Williamson, is they he was in good form, but we've we've said about our issues with the orange cap because the people who score the most runs aren't in T20 cricket aren't always the ones who are most useful. Like KL Rahul obviously had a really good tournament, but his strike rate his strike rate is so important in T20 cricket and. Yeah, Kane Williamson's perfect if you're chasing 120 and you need someone to steady the ship. But, uh, but you know, chasing chasing 189, he looks he looks uncomfortable having to go at a strike rate of about 140. Whereas Johnny Bairstow, that's his bread and butter. So Johnny Bairstow, and if they'd have played Johnny Bairstow and David Warner at the top, or obviously if they if Saha hadn't got injured, he was he was playing really well. But Johnny Bairstow and David Warner at the top going going at it hell for leather from the start was what took them to the playoffs last year and Bairstow wasn't in the best of form but I mean he's always he's always there but I feel like Bairstow he's he's never in form he never looks like he's in good form does he it's never pretty until he gets to 30 or 40 and then he'll still get bold yeah I I was about to say always looks like he's going to get bold anyone I mean who Rabada nips it in, or Kier can nip it in. No chance. That that bat pad's going to have a, a gaping hole uh, for a ball to go through. And I think this Delhi Capitals bowling lineup looked great with a number to defend. And Rabada's four for 29, and then Stoinis coming in with three for 26. Really just well, ended it, obviously. Um, Axar Patel, again, in the economic spinners category, which I love, was all right this game. Um, one for 33 off his four. 
and that was their their strength was those runs on the board there. And looking on paper at this side, just for this game, the bowling attack, Ravi Chandan Ashwin, Kagiso Rabada, Einrik Nokia, Marcus Stoinis, Akshar Patel, and then Dubé we've mentioned. That's a really strong and dare I say it, Zach, balanced bowling lineup. After seeing this game, did you think Delhi could do a number on Mumbai? I still didn't. I still didn't. I thought I think because they're still they are still like we've said this on multiple podcasts now, they're still missing that third seamer or like Dubé came in and did a job. But you need that that's if the pitch is spinning, yeah, that works because obviously Ravi Chandranashian, world class spinner. Axar Patel, really good. It's the perfect it's what you need from your all rounder who's who spins it. You need a you need someone who has brilliant economy, which he does, like Washington Sundar gives to um, RCB. Absolutely. <laughs> but but they just still don't, they don't have an Indian seamer. They don't have an Indian seamer that's top quality. And that's that's what they need because then it's, because like we've said before, Stoinis, yeah, he rocks up with three wickets in this game, but in other games we've seen him get carted around. So it's not, it's not reliable enough. But then in this game, obviously you only needed to use Dubé for two overs because Stoinis had bowled really well. So it's all on. If Stoinis that suddenly turns into a fantastic bowler, then next season they could win it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair point on Stoinis. Bit hot and cold. If he can just hone that bowling in a bit more, will after watching this game, were you convinced Delhi could could maybe do a job on Mumbai in the final? Obviously, we know they didn't. But at, at the time, where, where were you at after this game? Not particularly, because even the games that they've won, they tended to make quite hard work of it. Um, and it's been it's been the thing that we've been saying all through these podcasts really is they they live and die by Shikhar Darwin, um, and whether he has a good day at the office or not. Well, well said. Uh, I think I agree with you on that. And he did, and then he didn't, and then he did. Sort of thing with Shikhar Darwin, isn't it? Let's come on to the final then. That was played last night, Tuesday, the end of an epic number of weeks. Um, I, I was sad. It was bittersweet, wasn't it? I was sad, but also like, feel it's it's done. I can I can move on with my life. Um, Delhi batted first in this game uh, and set 156 for seven before a start. Where did you guys feel that that was? For me, I thought that was a competitive total. Mumbai didn't make it look competitive toward the end, but did you think that was good at the time? I thought it it just snuck into defendable, um, but by (laughs) but by no means convincing. It was it was it was just high enough that there was a game of it, which was nice. Um, again, it's the inconsistency with batting because it, it, you feel that if Pant had been able to get in just an over or two more than he had, probably could have got towards the 170, 175 mark, and then that really would have been competitive. Um, as it was, obviously, turned out to be quite easily gettable. Yeah, I mean, I think the innings really just went from ebbed and flowed properly because they lost three wickets early. It was thinking, oh no, I wanted to watch a game here. I didn't. I didn't want to watch another another Mumbai drubbing of of Delhi. And then Delhi came back. Ayer and Pant had a beautiful partnership, but then they couldn't finish it off. And Nathan Coulter-Nile, who came into the side, I I wasn't. I didn't think he'd come into the side for this game. I would have picked James Pattinson because I thought he played better. But he actually bowled really well. And at the death, he he limited them. I think they hit 33 off the last five, which is which is exceptional considering they could have got, because if they'd have got another, another 10, another 10 runs, maybe not, but another 20, another 30 runs, which from the position they were in was what they were looking at really. And like 180 in a final, 170 in a final, even it's difficult to get. Right? Cause it, I know obviously we talk about finals being impossible, but then like you said, after five overs in the uh, Mumbai innings, it was game over. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you both on there. Book ended by some pretty average batting with this innings and it, it kind of hurt them. But yeah, crept into defendable in a final, you know, pressure's on. Mumbai are too good for that though, aren't they? Um, let's talk about Pantball briefly, Will. This was a good knock from him. I enjoyed it. I wanted more of this throughout the tournament though. It was a good knock and he, he hit some some lovely sixes um, and seems to get into a nice rhythm um, up towards his, his 50 mark. Again, it's, it's pretty classic Pant to just as you think you've hit a nice knock and hit some consistency and, and he can put in a match-winning performance, he, he throws it away, which is disappointing. Um, and he needs to, to add that to his game. Um, and we'll come on to the, the Mumbai batting, but when you compare him to Ishan Kishan, who I think are pretty much the same age group and have played mm-hmm. Indian youth cricket together, 
And Pant was the one in the last couple of years who, who came out and got more publicity for his career, looked like the more promising, more exciting batsman. But Ishan Kishan's really worked on his game and he looks like a properly rounded T20 player now. And he, he doesn't throw away his wicket rashly. He, he can hit a big six if he needs to, but he plays proper cricket strikes doing it and doesn't seem to feel the same restlessness that Pant has at the crease. To, to if, he's, if he's gone for three dots in a row, he really needs to slog at something. Um, and I think Ishan Kishan is, is slowly becoming the cricketer that Rishabh Pant wants to be. And he, he needs to really brush up that side of his game. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. And there was a good bit of banter between the two, actually, when they were out there batting. You can tell they played a lot of cricket together um, well, when Pam was behind the stumps and uh, Shen Kishan was, was batting. Let's come on to that Mumbai innings then. They never looked in any doubt um, with that opening partnership. Sharma came to play for the first time this tournament, uh, won the player of the match, rightly so, for his knock of 68 or 51. And one point for me of this innings from, from Sharma was when they were nerdling it around for a couple of ones here and there. And you were thinking, oh, maybe Delia dragging it back. He hit a couple pretty imperious sixes off Dubai. And that was pretty much that. Let's talk about him to start. We'll come on to some other bats in this innings. But was this a great captain's knock? It's a bit of a cliche. Zach, what do you reckon the first time he showed at this tournament? Oh, I mean, it's exactly what I've written down. He's picked the captain's <laughs> time to get a beginning, doesn't he? That's, that's exactly it. It works with all the cliches, all he the stereotypes. It, he did it just for the sports writers, I think, didn't he? Exactly. He did it, he did it for the PayTM Fair Play Award. That's what he did it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, brilliant innings from Rohit. I mean, I, he's obviously a fantastic player, and it, but he he just hasn't been that good, really, because he, he wasn't he wasn't he didn't set the IPL like last year. He didn't set the IPL like the year before either. I think he's not hit 500 runs is quite a lot. I think he's not hit 500 runs for three years in the IPL. And they've won two of those three years, which, mm. you know, I mean, shows to their strength and depth that we've spoken about before. But yeah, he needs to he needs to find some, but he doesn't need to find some form though, because without him having form, they still win. So Rohit, you do you. Do you. Yeah, what are we to say after he's done that, to be fair? Um to be able to pull that out in a final when you're out of Nick, clearly, it's pretty impressive. Um, a bit of symmetry, a bit of symmetry. Yeah, we'll go symmetry. I liked in this game was that Marcus Stoinis got out for a first ball duck, opening the batting. And then he got Quinton de Kock out with his first delivery of the innings. That, that was fun. Um, just a little bit of something I enjoyed from that game. Um, Quinton de Kock, we spoke about in the last podcast as being potentially underrated or not spoken about as highly as he should be from this tournament. He only got 20 off 12. But again, he started the inning so nicely and I felt like he could have gone on. Is he, we'll speak about it again briefly, Will, but is he underrated? And was he sort of exactly what Mumbai needed for this season, opening the batting and the consistency of his opening as well? Yeah, I think that's probably right. And he, it was a really important innings from him. Although, as you say, 20, not the biggest score in the world, but it was really important to, to get some positivity into the batting early um, and not kind of... Um, say this is a gettable score so we'll just go slowly and nerdle it around for now which is something that, that Rohit Sharma can be known to do on his day um, <laughs> so it was, it was really useful for, for Quinton to got to just get off to a really positive start um, but then the, the, the disappointing thing from a cricket fan's perspective is that although it was a great knock from, from Rohit and from Quinton de Kock after that they just kind of started toying with Ellie almost I mean they, <laughs> they, they successive players came in and out I mean Kyron Pollard Hardick both just sort of came in and were like yeah we've got wickets to play with we'll chase this easy should we just see if we can knock a six to win it and if we get out it's not that much bother um which was a disappointingly trivial way to to end what has been a great tournament but shows the golfing class between the two sides really yeah, it was a bit of a strange ending in that sense. You're like, we all know it's going to happen, but it took until midway through the 18th over for it to happen, which which was a little bit frustrating for sure. Ishan Kishan seen his team home. Again, that maturity you alluded to there, Will, um, that perhaps Rishabh Pant doesn't have. And Mumbai deserved winners. I mean, they have to be. They've played some unbelievable cricket. Looking at this top seven again, it's outrageous. And they've got, for me, the best Indian players, which is why they're going out there and winning it so often. I think this was their fifth title, the sixth? Fifth. 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 Thank you. Their fifth title. And I think with that sort of base of Indian players, it's going to be there for a long time. Boys, deserved winners. Yeah. I mean, I would like to note that I did actually call them as the, as the favourites in the... Uh, How early in, on? 
Oh, in a po- in the podcast we did about the Bob Willis Trophy, where I did a little, I did a tiny little IPL preview. <laughs> I said goodbye, yeah, clear favourites. So, Jeez, that was sometime the end of September. Here we are in the start of November, and you call in that. Finally, on the money with something. Were, were they your deserved winners? I know you had an unbelievable run with your Sunrisers shout, and and it was great. And for me. No disrespect, Zach, but that's been the highlight of this podcast so far is Will's Sunrise a shout and then they're suddenly coming back from the dead and coming third, effectively, not quite winning it, but among by all deserved winners, Sunrise yeah, um, it, yeah, it was it was a nice roller coaster that Sunrise has gave us some drama and, and made us believe for a bit. But yeah, I mean, it's it's in some ways a shame for the tournament as a whole, given that we could sort of say before it started, you'd have Mumbai's clear favourites. Um, they walked at a doddle for for much of the season finished first place and then won the the playoffs pretty comfortably in the end as well um so yeah massively deserved winners as you say lots of the best indian performances in best indian players and they'll be favorites again next season absolutely it's gonna be great to see how teams like csk and rajasthan can rebuild but it looks like a bit of a dynasty again a bit of an americanism there but Mumbai are looking very, very strong. And yeah, deserved winners. Congratulations to them. Let's have a little quick review of some other bits to tie up um, this series. Joffrey Archer today or yesterday, or as soon as the game was done, was named the MVP. Again, uh, a, a crash, a crass Americanism, really. 305 MVP points he won, which um, in layman's terms looks at 20 wickets, 175 dots, Five fours, ten sixes, and five catches. Bit of an all-rounder this series for me. Is that a bit too much? But you know, the catching as well. He took he took some screamers. He did, yeah, and he, he did a bit of everything. I think he had the best economy rate out of the top ten wicket takers as well. Um, showed up like like the proper batsman, which he seems to be in T20 format, although not for <laughs> England, weirdly. Um, but yeah, great all-round performance from Joffre. Purple cap, Kikisa Rabada, he finished on 30. It winds me up that that also runs into the playoffs. They should they should stop that. They should have a, a, um, a post-season one, maybe, just a little one, because he's played four more games, three more games. Uh, orange cap went to K.R. Rahul. I think Shikhar Darwan was, was teasing it, but um, his duck or whatever he got in the final 15 wasn't enough to get him over the line. And as I said, Mumbai won the Fair Play Award as well. And goodness knows how that works, but they, they did it. They are really a, a dynasty of a team. And that about sums up for the IPL. Boys, have you got any moments that stood out for you in this? Any really key? They could be irrelevant. They could just be a moment that you really were going to remember this IPL by. I mean, other than the outros, I don't know what I'm going to remember <laughs> from this IPL. The outros has really stood out for me, and I'm I'm saving the pennies now. <laughs> Please well, it is affordable. Us. It is affordable. That's the beauty of it. You got, you're not going to have to stay for too long to get something of that high quality. Will, anything you're going to miss apart from the afternoon of cricket that we've all had for the past month or two? Yeah, no, I, I really can't top that. The outro's going to highlight the autumn. Um, I, I, I did enjoy in the in the final, um, Hardik getting himself out while chasing one run to win just so his brother can run in and score the winning run. I, I, very, <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed that. That was a nice brotherly spirit. I think for me, Mark Nicholas's commentary, I've noticed when a, when a big six goes up and he can't quite work out whether it's going to get over the boundary or if he might get caught on the boundary, he just goes, it's, ah, uh, and then if he goes over, Biggie! And I'm really, really going to miss him shouting Biggie at four in the afternoon or whatever it is. Um, And I do think on a a potentially more serious point, obviously this IPL has been going on in the midst of a pandemic. They had to move it over to the Middle East to get it done. I think from a a product point of view, as a consumer of it, if we talk about it less in cricket terms, more as a business, it's actually been a very good presentation of this product. I think the crowd noise for me it was annoying to start but then I got used to it um and it worked really and we got to see some great cricket what do you boys think on that on and I think next year they're doing it in Abu Dhabi as well and, and that part of the world it, correct me if I'm wrong I might check that actually but just what do you reckon to the presentation of the IPL this year amidst the circumstances yeah I think it's done really well I think it massively benefited from the fact it didn't clash with the beginning of the county season like it usually does because that kind of gets a bit of friction from England yeah I think 
the fact that nothing else was on meant it, like well like i've just said it it did really well it's interesting you said i think the crowd noise got better throughout i think they got better at doing it but my girlfriend actually thinks it's the worst sound in the world and was making me making me silence the last few games because because of the horrible crowd noise the grating crowd noises she so nicely put it that's a damning review of the crowd noises i think maybe we just got used to them zach we were just like we kind of tuned it out will what do you think to yeah i didn't think they were they were horrible they were certainly less jarring than the first premier league crowd noises that they tried to introduce um but it was also noticeable that I'm not sure on what basis, but they clearly started to sneak more crowds in in person. It, it kind of started as sort of coaches and their families seemed to pop mm. in the stands. And, and by the end, we were back to getting like cutie cam from the cameramen of like just genuine <laughs> random people sitting in stadiums clearly added to the atmosphere. So yeah, Ben Gooley was always there as well. Always pan to him looking really like he was in a big, they had big armchairs there. It looked very comfortable when they always pan to him. And very strange VIP lounge, yeah. Really weird, isn't it? Yeah, Ben Gooley looked like such a don, sat in his armchair, just like looking over the whole thing. I really, I really enjoyed that. He, I'm just looking now, it looks like it should be held in India in April or May next year. I don't know where I got that impression from. Um, it looks like that kind of thing might be able to be able to take place in, in the spring next year anyway. Having it in April and May obviously clash with the county season. Is there, is it possible, this is from a very England-centric point of view, by the way, so do excuse me, to actually have it in this slot in in the English autumn into winter? Why why is it actually in April, May? And, and could it be changed? Or is that me trying to dominate the, England, uh, the India calendar to help English players? Well, I'm, I'm slightly guessing, but I think it'll clash with what is supposed to be the Indian first class season if it was go. moved to this slot permanently. Um, but I think I think you're probably onto something with switching it to Dubai permanently because, I mean, in, they may well be saying that they're expecting it back in India for next spring, but their, their coronavirus situation at the minute is not looking good for that prospect. So we, we could yet be back here in a year. Yeah, I think also um, the, it's, it's a very quick turnaround for the next tournament. Right. And, and often, and often the often what they say because it comes at, usually in the April May that's the end of the first class season in India, so the pitches are knackered, so that's why we have such knackered pitches and like a lot of turn. But these pitches at the beginning they looked, I mean, they looked good, and the fact that we've managed to still have some decent pitches with only doing with only having three stadiums, so credit to the the UAE cricket board. <laughs> Um, the UCB, UAECB, you, that's too many letters, isn't it? Just U, UCB. It, the groundsmen and women who work so hard on those pitches, they did a very good job on that, and that's a fair point. And won't it be weird to have it as, I mean, has the has the auction happened? April seems like it's only, it's going to be April like, like that, a click of a finger, isn't it? Do you reckon it's going to make, it might make sense to move it again for one more year just to have some continuity between the seasons and they don't merge too much, maybe? It's difficult for all sports, isn't it, to try and fix the way that they've messed up their seasons. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and find some kind of halfway house to it. Because as you say, it'll only be just about two months since all the Indian guys get back from Australia that they'll have to go Mm. back into training for the next IPL, which will be a very quick turnaround. Yeah, I think also, like you said about the auction situation, they usually have the auction. They've usually already had the auction (laughs) by this time. So... I, I think it could easily be that there won't, there'll be a lot less like churn with the players because often like if you've got any overseas players that didn't play that much, like we said last week about um, Banton maybe getting dropped, they they will usually just drop those players and pick up a few more that then won't go won't play, or there'll be a few Indian players that make big moves. But I think that all there'll be a lot less of that because there's just not enough time for them to do all of that. And I was just thinking, actually, if the IPL did permanently move to this slot, it would clash with the 100 slightly. And we want that to happen. We don't want that. No, of course not. And I I, I don't think it's too much of me either to ask the whole Indian county season to move for for English benefit. I don't think that's too much to ask. And maybe it's just a nice time for me to sit and watch it. You know, it gets dark early here in the UK now and it's nice to have the IPL on. Um, Maybe if I had a job and I could leave the house, that wouldn't be so much of an issue. This is me just complaining now. Um, and I think that should just about wrap up uh, our IPL coverage for this year. We do hope you've enjoyed listening. I've found it a really enjoyable IPL. I've watched it a lot more than I normally would. 
Um, and it's just been a great tournament and it's bittersweet that it's over. Um, Will, mate, thank you so much for joining us for these um, four podcasts now. I think it's been um, your insight has been wonderful. And as I said, the SRH shout has been the best shout this podcast had yet. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. It's been a blast. Um, and hopefully, well, it's not been a blast. It's been an IPL. Hey. That's, that's really cheap. <laughs> um, hopefully we'll have you back on for the India Australia series, which we're going to try and do as much coverage on as possible. So thank you so much again. And Zach, as always, we've lived and breathed this IPL and it's a shame it's over, but thank you so much for joining me again. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I also agree that that was the best shout and it's been the shout that stuck with me, the SRH shout throughout. It's kept us, it's kept us going, hasn't it, really? <laughs> it's kept us legitimate because the amount of things we were getting incorrect was starting to add up. And I think that's just sort of given us a bit of leeway for the next few months, at least. Uh, and as I said at the, at the top of the podcast, uh, BBL coverage, England tour in South Africa and India tour in Australia all coming up here on Cow Corner we'll have plenty of content for you thank you so much for listening to episode 15 and we'll see you soon Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.